a gun with the four of the gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are talking all about the best weekend of the year. It is Labor Day, but it is officially the start of the college football season there are five straight days of games tyler thursday friday saturday sunday monday college football on all of those days we can't wait to talk about it it is wednesday for us here wednesday afternoon so uh, we get a chance to talk about all the games from the entire weekend if we see fit we're bringing back five wide and two point for a brand new season your defending champion sergio here is very excited to go through with this. Um, and of course, we are going to be talking about the Florida Gators taking on Utah at home in a massive uh, opening to the Billy Napier area, area to the Billy Napier era. Oh, there we go. Um, but first, uh, Tyler, let's talk about what happened last week with week zero. <laughs> I put a few things here and then I kind of put the, uh, the schedule of the games. Uh, the first thing I wrote down here on the rundown was Nebraska L-M-A-O-O-O-O-O-O in all caps. Tyler, what would you think of Nebraska? <laughs> um, boy, I think it is admirable that Scott Frost would choose to sabotage his own team by calling that onside <laughs> kick for no reason. Um, to, I, I know that like a whole quarter and a half of football was still played after that point, but in mm-hmm. my opinion, that lost the game. Um, yeah. that made it, that's not really the truth because you still have a like. One onside kick when you're up double digits doesn't actually just make you lose the game. But to mm-hmm. me, that was what did it. Because um, it, it definitely was the uh, canary in the coal mine. But it's also it's also like I'm gonna get I'm gonna blow this out of proportion right now. Um, but here we go, strap in. That onside kick is indicative of everything wrong with the Scott Frost era at Nebraska because he's trying to outsmart, outdo Hickey his opponents, even though he's beating them by eleven. And if he just keeps doing what he's doing, he probably would keep beating them. Tyler. Um, there were nine minutes left in the third quarter. We were four minutes. We were six minutes into the second half. We're barely. I don't care over what the score the is. I don't care what the score is. There is no situation. There is zero realistic situation where it is appropriate to onside kick with that much time left in the game. And especially, you want to say it's double digits, okay? But it's eleven points. It's not twenty points. You know what I mean? You see, here's the thing. They're up eleven. It's not like they they they're they were like winning. Down they were winning. It's like they, it's not like they were down twenty, and then they're like, "Okay, we got a we got a touchdown, but like we need an onside kick to keep that momentum." You know? No, they're just like, "Okay, well, we just went up eleven, so let's give them a shorter field to work with." Like, good on and Northwestern think, for like being like the Northwestern players for catching it immediately, like because well, I, North, I, Northwestern is well coached. The mindset there is is to catch them surprised, and the only problem is that if you don't catch, because you can't line up when you do that in optimal onside kick coverage team if you're kicking a surprise onside kick 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the surprise is the main element, but he kicked it right to him. Yeah, it was, it was, he kicked it right to him. And I think the biggest thing, like what you said, that didn't lose them the game. What did lose them the game was the fact that they didn't really make any adjustments in the second half. When you look at Pat Fitzgerald and, and Northwestern, they saw the things that Nebraska was doing, which by the way, I did like the Nebraska up-tempo offense that they were running. I think uh, Casey Thompson is going to do well this season relatively, yeah. but if teams are just going to figure you out at halftime and you're not going to make the changes, you end up with losing another one score game after you were leading by double digits. Like it, it was coaching. It came down to coaching. The, they had no answers. That Nebraska needs to win and they're mm-hmm. not winning them. It's like, I, you're not, you know, they almost beat Oklahoma last year and I'm like, you know what? That's awesome. And like, if they play Ohio state, well, they, they, that one or two times, like, that's great. That's awesome. You would be forgiven for losing those games. You mm-hmm. need to be winning these games. Yeah. Like, I'm not even convinced this is a great Northwestern team. Like, really good job, Ryan Helinski, and I think that they, they played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, Nebraska, you the way you were playing, you should have beaten this team, and you you didn't. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I th- it's just indicative, and I think we'll move on with this. Um, I put this in my the napkin review when I reviewed this game um, on GatorsWire.com. Um, you know Nebraska so, is now five and twenty-one in one-score games under Scott Frost. Five and twenty-one. Five and twenty-one in one-score games. I love if he's twenty-one and five in those games, we're talking about Nebraska's back. They're landing five stars. All of this stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also the kind of thing of like, it's how we used to. I'll out us. It's how we used to talk about Jim McElwain. Um, and, you know, being like, you know, like, oh, he's got a crazy record in one-score games. And it is indicative that most every game he's played at Florida has been a one-score game. Yeah, um, yeah, that exactly. That's the issue, the fact that all of your um, games are one-score games now here, against here, the good teams here, and here, the bad teams. Get why, that's the thing. I honestly get why Nebraska's playing one-score games. They ain't a five-star team anymore. Mm-hmm. But you need to be winning those, man. Like, you can't yeah. be – like, I love the stat there was, like, um, he would need to win 50 straight games to have the number of Scott Frost would need to win like 50, something like 50 straight games to have the number of wins that Bo Pelini was fired at. Jesus. Oh, Bo Pelini man. had a record of like 60 something and like 27. Well, he, Frost, he won nine games in every single season yeah. that he coached at Nebraska. They'd sign Scott Frost for life if he won nine games. Listen, man, uh, I don't know if he's going to make it to next season but we will see we'll keep tabs on nebraska as we go forward tyler someone's um, gonna really appreciate him as their offensive coordinator at some point. i completely agree i think he's gonna be a fantastic offensive coordinator somewhere next year um nothing against his football iq it's just he just can't seem to manage the game properly and whatever uh moving on in week zero hawaii made vandy look like a college football playoff contender that's what i wrote down here um it's just nice to see the improvement in in vandy i understand that this is Stop it. I understand that this is like a horrid uh, Hawaii team. They're in shambles. This team was in such bad state last year that the coach's son transferred. Like that's, that's an issue. That's an issue when you're, when you're the coach and your son's transferring to a different school. So, you know, they, they brought back their legend and stuff. So Hawaii is going to take some time. um, But I did like seeing how Vandy did a little bit of improvement. I, I hope they win maybe three or four games this season because I like having 
a relatively competent Vandy. So I think it's I like fun. what Clark Lee's Vandy's doing there. Good because like I mean, good is a relative term. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like a fun mix up. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just like it when they beat Tennessee. <laughs> I always like when teams beat Tennessee. It's the best. Um, unless Georgia beats Tennessee, then I don't like it. And then the last thing I put here was FAU was balling. I just have to shout out the Owls. Nikosi Perry was looking great. Uh, I was nervous about this game because I didn't know what to expect. Um, Willie Taggart's the coach. And as we say, some years Willie is balling, some years Willie is not balling. Some years. And I, <laughs> I saw them in person last year. And so I was very eager to see it. Um, Raul sent me the like extended highlights. I watched them. I like what I'm seeing out of them. I am also going to the FAU UCF game in Boca with um, my, uh, my, my friends who all went to UCF and including Alexa, you know, the person I have an emotional attachment who has an emotional attachment to UCF. So I uh, will be in attendance. I hope it's a good game. I hope FAU pulls out the win. Don't know. I have to see what UCF looks like tomorrow. Um, but, uh, yeah, we will see. That's all I have on week zero, Tyler. Do you have anything else? I'm, if not, we can just jump straight into the Gator game. No, nothing else really. I mean, like those are the big ones. Um, mm-hmm. wasn't, wasn't them obviously it's week zero. So like, yeah, usually nothing crazy happens. Um, you know, uh, a plus I, from what I can gather environment in Ireland. Um, yeah. And I, as I heard, I'm, I'm happy for the Irish. They got an actual good game out of two teams <laughs> that I didn't think would deliver an entertaining game. Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. They really did. And we're not trolling here. That was, it was a fun game to watch. Like it was, it was an enjoyable game. Um, You hear about the electricity outage at the stadium that I heard about this, like the internet or something went out. So they started. So yeah, the Wi-Fi went out to me, right? They couldn't like charge people because I guess it was, it was cashless. So they couldn't just pay cash. So the Wi-Fi was out. So all of their like registers were out. And so they said, forget it. Everyone gets, just free beer and it was you could take two per person and that's why we got that massive like cup snake in the nebraska section that that was on twitter because they were giving out two two free drinks to everyone i saw tweets i was like i I find it hard to believe that that ireland ran out of beer (laughs) and no they did not run out of beer the internet just went out (laughs) ireland ran out of internet which turned them to drink into free beer I love, I love how Ireland's solution to like, oh, the internet's out. Well, we're just going to give out beer now. <laughs> so all I'm hearing now is that any place that's cashless, I need to find a way to get rid of their Wi-Fi so that, that I can get stuff. <laughs> I think that's an Ireland thing. I'm not so sure it's going to fly in the good old never, US of A. America would never stoop so high as <laughs> to give people free stuff. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but you know who will stoop to high High, high expectations transition. That's one Billy Napier, the head football okay. coach of the Florida Gators. Uh, the Gators opened their season Saturday at 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN against the number 7th ranked Utah Utes, the defending Pac-12 champion Utah Utes, the team that lost to Ohio State by only three points in an incredible Rose Bowl last season. That's the team that is coming to Gainesville to take on the Gators, um, it is in the swamp. It will be hot. It will be muggy. It won't be as bad as like a two o'clock, three thirty kickoff. Really wish this game was a noon game. It would really. I wish it was three thirty. Is what I wish. It I wish it, it was three thirty. Really it really would have. Um, Tyler, this is the opening to the Billy Napier era. This is the opening to the unquestioned Anthony Richardson as the starter era. Uh, this is the opening to 
a revitalized defense, we hope, <laughs> given what we saw last year. Tyler, what are you looking for in this game? I mean, really, it's 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 hard to, to really pinpoint one thing. I'm looking for at everything. I'm just like trying to learn what this team is going to be. Like, because mm-hmm. we don't know. I mean, like we've seen Billy Napier's old teams, and we know what this team was last year. But what is this team under Billy Napier going to be like? I'm kind of just looking. I'd be like, oh, I'm trying to learn about the offense, but at the same time, I'm trying to learn about the defense. I'm trying to learn about like what's what's the what's the play calling? What's the what is this team? And it's tough because usually you get like a squishy opponent, mm-hmm. which is basically like a blank canvas. So this team just gets to be what they want to be. We don't get that. We get it. We have this team has to be what they need to be in this moment. Um, so, I mean, the, the main thing that I'm thinking about is just like, okay, how does Anthony Richardson look? Uh, like, obviously he can run. We all know that. Does he look healthier? Cause he's a bit of a, he was a bit of a, you know, glass cannon um, last year where he's just mm-hmm. like, man, he was talented and whatnot, but that man, he got injured a couple times. And I mean, like I'd get injured. I'm, what about if I was doing what he was doing? Are you kidding me? But, um, <laughs> I want to see how he looks. I want him to. I want to see him stay healthy. I want to see him be smart. But I want to see how he looks in the passing game, because the reality is, this team is going to want to run, obviously. But I feel like the true measure of what how well this team is going to do is if Anthony Richardson really takes that step as a passer. So mm-hmm. that's the main thing I'm looking for. Obviously, I'm looking for the defense as well. But I I have no clue what our defense is going to look like. So I'm I'm like. This is a fact finding mission. Like I it don't is. Know. It's a fact finding mission. <laughs> we are. Oh, I want to see this aspect or this aspect. I'm like, no. I, I want to see what the team looks like. If <laughs> this was a D and D game, we would be going on a journey together, all of us Florida fans, just hoping to hoping that at the end of this road is something positive. Uh, yeah. That's really what we're looking for. I, I agree with you, Tyler. I agree with you. I think the biggest thing, like you said, typically an opening game is not a cupcake, but it's definitely a team that you can beat, a team that you're going to be able to get some game reps in, all that kind of stuff. And we don't get the luxury of that this year. Um, AD Scott Strickland, when he took over as athletic director uh, a few years ago, really made it a really was in, was making it important that he wanted to schedule Power Five opponents. Um, in the non-conference um, and like high-level teams, right? Just so happens that Utah is probably on one of the best runs of its program history right now. Yeah, and, and is we are coming firing off firing the coach. And exactly. It, the, the, like, I love that. I love that we've picked this game and we're going to be going to them next year. Like, I love that we have this in schedule. It is not working out in our favor that it's this team this year, both for them and for us. Like, yeah, game one, brand new coach. And we don't know what we look like, but like we're game one of a first coach. Like if this was Billy Napier's second year, I would feel like I could t- talk more about what this team is, obviously. Yes, so, I agree. I agree. So w- with that being said, um, I'm looking for the running of the football on offense, the Anthony Richardson. Can we, what's the scheme going to look like? Right. Because one thing that Mullen had a lot of flaws, but one thing that you can't knock him for is, scheming on offense he always had a good plan and was able to make the adjustments and just x's and o's ball coaching on offense he knew what he was talking about so i want to see what the identity of this team on offense is going to look like um i want to see anthony richardson how he looks like in terms of running the ball in terms of the play action um i'm excited for these new receivers 
um, the transfer out of Arizona State, got the number one jersey, which if you're a Florida fan, you know the number one jersey in Gainesville is the like, all right, this is at, this is the guy. He has earned the jersey. And the fact that a transfer came in and in his first year with a brand new coach was given the number one jersey, there's some expectations there. Uh, receiver Ricky Kersaw, I forgot his last name, but his first name is Ricky. Um, it's, so I, I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's like Pearsall mm-hmm. or Pearsall. Something like that, yeah. It's we'll have that. It's good, good podcasting. Good podcasting. Yeah. Um, no, I'm excited to see how those kind of players stand out. I'm excited to see if um, Etienne, Etienne's brother kind of gets some reps because there's been some word out of camp that he's really emerged as the number two running back. Um, and so I'm excited to see how a true freshman can, you know, deliver on that kind of stage if he gets some playing time and stuff. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I want to see the secondary. And specifically because Corey Raymond was brought in to develop these players. Uh, Corey Raymond, for those who don't know, was the longtime defensive um, defensive backs coach at LSU, is known around the, the college football coaching sphere as one of the best defensive back coaches in the country, Develop has developed countless um, NFL talents. Players want to play for him. They know that he can turn them into NFL players. Um, so it's exciting to have him on the staff and recruiting for us. Uh, but I want to see what he does and how this team goes um, in the secondary. You know, I'm excited to see Jason Marshall. He's entering his, his sophomore season. He's kind of primed for that breakout um, shutdown corner being on an island role. The, the Vernon Hargraves of years past, the Quincy Wilsons of years past, the Marco Wilsons of years past, the Tease Tabers those kind of cornerbacks that have really secured one side of the field for us. I'm excited to see how he can develop into that. Um, you're looking at me like I'm going to mention the shoe, and I wasn't, but I know your eyes, Tyler. I know you were thinking of that when I said Marco Wilson. Marco Wilson on an island. Of- he was really good before he kind of spiraled out of control. I will be. I will die oh, on that yeah, island. Yeah, that's that true. He had a really good sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I'm hoping that Jason Marshall has that type of leap. Um, but I think the biggest thing, Tyler – is it's more a, a a macro view, right? A bird's eye view. I want to see what this scheme is looking like. And I want to see because maybe I, not to give away my prediction, but I do think we lose this game. Um, but I think the important part about this is that this game will tell us, okay, can Napier coach in terms of, is his scheme going to be able to translate to this level of college football? And are the mistakes being made, are these coaching mistakes, are these schematic preparation mistakes, or are these mistakes that, okay, I see what Billy's trying to do here, I see what the plan is, we just don't have the players to execute. And if that's the situation, I will be very happy. I won't mind losing that's some games. That's the ideal. Like, mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the I won't mind losing thing. these games because, because we know that those players are going to come. Right, the recruiting is being is is really well. Billy has showed that he can recruit at a high level. I think that when he gets those players, when those guys come in next year and the year after, we're going to be in a better position and in a healthier spot as a program. So if I can see that, I know it's only game one, but that's more of uh, my next point was going to ask you what what will this game say about the rest of the year? And for me, it will say that okay, we are in good hands in the long term. I like the direction of the Florida program. If those are the things that I see throughout the season, um, if I see those things in this game, I will be a happy camper. What about you, Tyler? What do you think this game says about the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, this what this game is going to say about the rest of the year is how is where we're starting from. I've, this, this is kind of a stupid thing to say, but like it's like where is this program starting from 
under Billy Napier because it's always in the mm-hmm. transition of power. It's always just like, how quickly can this team get going under this new coach? Yeah, we're coming off a pretty disappointing year. Um, not the worst that we've had, but like a pretty disappointing year, and with new personnel, almost completely new coaching staff. We're going to get to really see with a real test up close and like first off, like where, how, how far could they get this in one off season? Mm-hmm. Like what's our starting point for them? What's our base? Cause you know, if, if we suck, that's fine because it's our first game of a new era. I'm not going to be too upset about that, but it's like, but if the Gators look good and the Gators win, expectations are going to go up, which is not a bad because- thing. But does that mean that we should kind of hit fast forward? Because let's look at Mullen's first year. Mullen, because he's a really good coach, got got us to ten wins, got us to a New Year's Six bowl game. Like we, I feel like we kind of, I think we need to learn from our past mistakes of not getting too ahead of ourselves, even though we see the product on the field being better than what we anticipated. Like let's not get too ahead of ourselves over the. This is an, an entire season exercise, not just for Saturday. But we have to make sure that we don't get ahead of ourselves because. We had a great first season under under Mullen. We had a great second season under Mullen, and then the we we had signs of the brakes of the tires coming off in year three, and then in year four it just kind of collapsed entirely. I don't want that to happen with yeah. Napier. I don't think that will because he has a more long term approach. It's his mentality. Um, you can read a column that I wrote uh, today on GatorsWire.com all about how, regardless of what happens this season, I think it's a successful year one for Billy Napier because of those reasons, right? Because of the differences and the infrastructure he's put in place into the into the Florida program. I just want to make sure we don't get ahead of ourselves because I too will I'm be happy you. in the moment, you know? I just want us to – that's why – I'm sorry I cut you off, but I really want to preach that about that, you know what I mean? It's like this isn't, a, this isn't an Urban Meyer situation in my opinion. This isn't a – even I would say even a Dan Mullen situation where like, okay, yeah, by year two, these, this team should be able to compete for a national championship. Like, which like – Florida technically didn't do in year two, but they were in that conversation for part of the year. They were in the playoff conversation. They were like yeah. winning game. It's like the roster was in a position where it could get to that point. And I don't know if this one is not because it's bad or anything like that, but it was just like, there was so much turnover, so much emphasis is going to be placed on the young guys, which could turn out, turn the team into a great team second year. Like this, this feels you know, sometimes coaches get a year one and other times they get a year zero. And I feel like this should be more of a year zero. Like this is the year where I'm like, okay, this is just the groundwork year, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. I mean, like and most, mo- the reality is that this doesn't happen much. Most coaches should get a lot of time to be able to figure it out. Um, that doesn't seem to happen. It seems to happen less and less. Uh, I do think that that does have the chance of happening here though, because of the investment that they've put um the amount of money that they put into really rebuilding. And it feels like they're committed to this and to nature. And additionally, well, like the thing that Dan Mullen and Jim McElwain had that they didn't have going for you is that like, not only were they bad in the present, there was no sign it was going to get better. Mm-hmm. Specifically yeah. with Dan Mullen, like the recruiting was not trending upwards. So not only right. were we, were we bad now, it looked like we weren't going to get better. Yeah. Billy Napier, the thing you've got going for you is that like, no matter what happens this season, it does feel like the team will get better in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like because of that recruiting angle. So the investment will likely be there. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be interesting to see. It's very interesting that we, this is going to be our first game. Yeah, I know it is. I, I would feel 
much more comfortable if we had a more traditional opening opponent at home. But I, I actually like the fact that it's trial by fire, you know, like speaking of Game of Thrones, that it's very much trial by fire. Um, kind of throw yourself in there and, you know, see what, you, what you're what you made of. I, I like that. I like the fact that these guys are really going to see, hey, right off the bat, this is the type of competition that you need that you would you need to be able to beat if you want to compete for conference championships and compete and be a legitimate contender for national championships. These are the types of teams. These are the, these are, they're at this level right now. I see Utah as that level team. Um, I think they're a step below the Georgia's, Ohio State's, Alabama's of the world, but I definitely see them in that tier two of types of teams. I see them as a legitimate college football playoff contender this season. Um, and yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be good to see. I think um, we do need to, I, I think we do need to run the ball more if we're going to, have a chance to win this game because even though I think Utah is a fantastic team and their defense is really good, the weakest part of their, of their team is their run defense, but even their run defense is really good. It's just a matter of that's the the weakest on the flip side. It's one of those things where I think in order for us to win, we need to force them to throw force them to throw like on defensively for us, like uh, Mm -hmm. Gators defense needs to lock up the run game for this Utah team. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Like I mean, Utah's biggest wins last year were both were both the times they played Oregon, and they did that by absolutely dominating like the ball. Mm-hmm. And they can throw the ball. I'm not going to say that they can't, but it's like they won those games because they physically outmatched Oregon. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. The Gators need to try and make sure that doesn't happen to them in the ground game to force them mm-hmm. into you know third and longs. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about the humidity and stuff. We know it's going to be humid. It's a night kickoff. It's August. It's still it'll still be muggy and nasty. And Utah, it will be diff- difficult for Utah. Um, but I don't think it's enough to be able to swing yeah. an entire game like this in that sense. I do think it will play play a hand in keeping us in the game longer than I think we will. I think yeah. this is going to be there. And let's move on to our predictions. So what do you, what do you think, Tyler? What do you think happens? Unfortunately, um, I, w- I believe this game is winnable, is very winnable. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think the Gators will win it because Utah is just a more experienced team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very close, and I think at the end, Utah's physicality, their um, more, I think more stability, they mm-hmm. they kind of pull ahead at the at the last bit. Okay, all right. So Tyler has a Utah winning, uh, pulling away late. I'll put yeah. That. Uh, I think the same thing. I think Utah pulls away late. I think Florida's good enough, and I think the environment. Um, the excitement, it being a home game against a big top 10 opponent. We've been there, top 10 games in the swamp when teams come in and some crazy things happen. So I Look, think there is always a possibility. If Anthony Richardson wants to pull out some LSU game shenanigans that he did last year and just start bombing things down the field, I'm all for it. I'm not going <laughs> to say no. I'd love for that to be the case, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I agree with you. I have Utah pulling away late, and I had to give a legitimate score prediction for Gators Wire this week. And what I said was Utah 34, Florida 24 um, with Utah scoring late. I think two possessions as well. So we are on the same wavelength. Tyler, let's move forward. Let's reintroduce the flagship segment of Sideline Judgment. Five wide and two point. Now, for those of you that are new, welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, Five wide and two point is our annual picks competition uh, where we pick five games, five non-Gator games uh, that we consider to be the biggest games of the week, uh, and we pick them. We do them in chronological order. 
So, for example, we have a Thursday game here and a Sunday game. The Thursday one we'll talk about first. The Sunday one we'll talk about last. Um, and we basically get a chance to see the biggest games in college football. We take a pick, and we keep track for the entire season. The winner, which, by the way, I should let you know, I am the defending champion, listeners. Uh, the winner, <laughs> Tyler just sighed <laughs> into his microphone. The winner is allowed to put in their Twitter bio, better at picking regular season college football games than the other. So, for example, if you go to my Twitter account, at S-D-E-L-A-E-S, and you look at my biography, you will see better at picking regular season college football games than, and then I was so nice to tag my best friend Tyler over there. I tagged Tyler at T underscore K underscore Williams. I was able to put that in there into my Twitter bio. So that's for five, five wide. You get one point for every game you pick correctly. And then the two point, that is a mystery. So we each pick one game. It cannot be the same game. Um, and we alternate who gets to pick the games first. Um, we pick a different game that's not in the five wide, that's not the Gator game, and that game is worth two points. So you basically double down on that pick, and that is a completely different one. So that's kind of the, the extra little wrinkle there. So we're each picking six games. We're picking the same five for one point each, and then that extra six game is worth two points, and Tyler and I can't pick on the exact same game. So, Tyler, with that being said, are you ready to kick off five wide and two point for this year, my friend? Yes. I My only question is uh, who goes first because – So I will go first on five wide because I gave you going first on two point, and then we You're alternate so each week. Um, I'm, I'm so gracious, yes. You know, as a defending champion, I just had to make uh, sure there was some parity right, in this league. Enough, enough. <laughs> Break down, to introduce the game. <laughs> All right. We kick off with arguably the game I'm most excited about in the entire college football season. This is West Virginia heading to Pittsburgh to take on the number 17th ranked ACC defending champion, Pittsburgh Panthers. 7 o'clock Eastern on Thursday night. It is the return of the backyard brawl. A rivalry college football has been needing ever since we went away with it over a decade ago. They will be playing, I think, I think ever I think they'll be playing three out of the next four years, including this season. So we're gonna get a nice little chunk of it now. Um, this was one of the casualties of realignment. Um, I love it. I'm so excited. I am going first. For those that you don't know, don't know. I once lived for six weeks in Morgantown, West Virginia, um, and I was able to live in that town. I like it. It's a cute. It's a nice town. Unfortunately, I will not be picking the Mountaineers because I have to go with my head on this one. I have to go. Say with it Pittsburgh. ain't so. Do I want to? Now nah, you know what? It's week one. Let's let's have some fun. Let's th- let's. You, Sergio de la Espria, going with your head. Let's go four verts. Forget about it. I'm going to go with West Virginia. Let's go with West Virginia. I'll take <laughs> I'll take uh, the Mountaineers. I think it's important to note this is the battle of former USC quarterbacks. Uh, so Keaton Slovis is the starting quarterback now at Pittsburgh, and uh, JT Daniels is the starting quarterback now at West Virginia. So that'll be a little subtext. And I think College Game Day will be there. We'll be live there Ooh. on Thursday night. Um, so Tyler, I'm taking West Virginia with the emotional play. I think Pittsburgh's winning this game but I'm taking West Virginia because I got to have some fun here. I'm so glad you said that because I also think Pitt is going to win. this. In, in, in truth, I'm very excited for this game. Just as you, Mm -hmm. I don't think I could say it as well as you. I don't have as deep of an attachment to this game as you, but I recognize this is the best rivalry in college football. I've said what I've said. 
I will not be taking questions. <laughs> okay. Um, that being said, I'm going to go with Pitt. Uh, if for nothing else than being like, I just love the idea of us picking separately on this one. But um, I am, I am. Week one, baby. We're the, back. The battle of former USC quarterbacks. What's funny is that these are not the like. Who, who do you think? Who do you think is the better USC quarter, former USC quarterback? Um, it's the two are Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels. It's Keaton Slovis. Okay, yeah, that's what I think too. I just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to know. Well, it's also funny because this is not the first USC quarterback that Pitt has employed. It's like the third. Like, um, but anyway, uh, I do think Pitt is going to win. Okay, you broke out during that section. I'm just going to leave all this in. <laughs> but I cool. came back in when you went, anyway, Pitt's going to win. So we're just going to take Pitt winning. <laughs> cool. All right, there we go. <laughs> all right, moving forward. The number 11th ranked Oregon Ducks head to Mercedes-Benz Superdome in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, to take on the number three ranked and defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. 3.30 kickoff on ABC uh, could this be a primer for what we will see in future years? Uh, a marquee SEC team playing in the 330 slot, but on ABC instead of CBS? Is something I that we could it. see in the future? I hate it. I know. I do, too. It's stupid. I do, too. I hate I it. I do, too. <laughs> that was a quick reference to I the know, uh, I know I shouldn't say that. Television as a, contract. Sometimes, but. as a sometime employee of Papa Disney, I, but, like, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, look, you live in a Big Ten town. The Big Ten's going to have that time Shut slot up. on TV. <laughs> Tyler, who do you yeah, have? I cannot believe first? that I would force – I'm currently being forced to live in a Big Ten town. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Um, uh, I go first on this one, right? You do. Yes, you do. Okay. Georgia, Oregon. Oregon – no longer being coached by Mario Cristobal, being coached by former Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning. Um, yes. How much that actually means for his coaching ability, un- unclear. Um, I mean, it's 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 the same with like Saban defensive coordinators where I'm like, okay, sure, you're good at your job. Well, But it's also like the first of the like quote-unquote Kirby tree to really like get one of these high-profile type jobs. So it's interesting to see what will happen if, you know, if, if it really works out. I well, am well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that because Sam Pittman technically came from that Kirby tree, but he was like a long time coach. Sam so Pittman's been I'm around the block. It's just he 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 was at Georgia at the time that he got that job. Exactly. Like, exactly. Um. Okay. So, I will say that if Mario Cristobal was still with this Oregon team, I actually might take Oregon if that was the world we lived in, just because. It, it, Mario Cristobal's whole tenure at Oregon was winning games he shouldn't and then losing games that, like, he shouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. Like, when they beat Ohio State, I was floored, and then they lost to Utah twice. Um, which, I mean, Utah's good. Yeah. When but, they beat Ohio State in Columbus, which was even crazier. Um, however, in this situation, I, and I got to go with Georgia. Like, I'm not going to be stupid here. Like, I'm very fascinated yeah. to see. It's a very fascinating test that. Dan Lanning's first game as Oregon head coach is against his former team that he knows very, probably the best out of any team in the country, but they're also coming off a national championship. So like, and it's a de facto home game. Cause it's being played in Atlanta. 
I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with George. I'm not going to be stupid. It pains me unless it always does, but I'm not going to be stupid. Listen, put that S next to your T, and I don't really want to talk much because you said everything that I agreed with. So I'm also taking Georgia. I don't want to. I'm thinking with my head here. I made the heart play with West Virginia. I'm going to make the head play here with Georgia. So chalk it up there. The third game in five wide, Tyler, the number 23 ranked Cincinnati Bearcats coming off of a college football playoff appearance. Justice for the G5. Thank you very much. Taking on our adopted Arkansas Razorbacks, the number 19 team in the country, according to the AP poll. That game is also a 330 kickoff. That game is on ESPN. Um, I have the first pick on this one. And listen, I really, you, you know me, I'm a, I'm a G5 defender. All right. You, you, in, in the dynamic of this podcast, if one of us is going to be the G5 guy, quote unquote, it's going to be me. Okay. Love me some Cincy last year. Love me some Sauce Gardner. Love me some Desmond Ritter. Unfortunately, those players are not there anymore. The secondary is depleted. There were three NFL draft picks in that secondary, including Sauce Gardner, who went fourth overall. Um, I think that there are too many question marks here for me to feel comfortable taking Cincinnati. Um, I feel like while I believe Cincinnati will compete for the American title, will win at least eight games, probably nine or ten, um, I just don't see this being one of the games they win. And would we really be an Arkansas-adjacent podcast if we didn't take the Razorbacks in the first game of the season? Yeah. Come on. I mean, that's – Come on. Give me, give me the Razorbacks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. So you'll take the Razorbacks. Um, I said last week the story that Courtney Williams told me where KJ Jefferson said, uh, I'm, not, I'm not human. Um, <laughs> I'm built different. Uh, I was built in a lab right next to the Terminator. Did y'all think I was going to tell that story and not pick Arkansas? Get out of here. Um, <laughs> I, I really do want to know. I've, I want to point out, Tyler, I have never seen KJ Jefferson and Day Day in the same room at the same time. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you never know. You never know. Okay. You never know. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Um, the next game, Saturday as well. Another matchup of top 25 teams. This is a matchup of top five teams to open the season. The number five ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish taking on the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. It is the 730 Eastern Kirk Herbstreet, Chris Fowler game, ABC, primetime television. Um, Tyler, you go first on this one. Who do you have winning this game? All right. So I do think uh, Notre Dame is going to be good this year. Um and I actually kind of rooting for them a little bit more now, like we discussed last week because of Marcus Freeman. Um, I, yeah. I think they actually might be capable of stuff more now uh, because Brian Kelly's not there. Who, But we don't know. That being said, like, even though Ohio State had issues on both offense and defense last year, um, and I don't know if the defensive issues are going to be fixed. I think we talked about it last week, where like they hi- they got the uh, Oklahoma State guy, um, mm-hmm. who did like really good work at Oklahoma State. Even if that doesn't get any better, can Notre Dame win a shootout with Ohio State? I don't know, and I don't think so. So I'm going to go with Ohio State. Yeah, I think I think it comes down to exactly what you just said. I will also take Ohio State. Um, brand new quarterback, brand new coach. Um, 
I agree with you. I'm a bit more, I don't want to say I'm rooting for Notre Dame, but I definitely am not as anti-Notre Dame as I was, was before because of the Marcus Freeman hire. I like him a lot. I think they have a lot of work to do. I think they have um, the, the future. The, the future is bright for Notre Dame. And listen, losing, getting smacked by the team that I believe will win the national title in Ohio State, that is my pick this season, um, is nothing to, to, to cry about. They can lose this game and still be in the playoff hunt. They can lose this game and still be a respected team um, as, you know, as the season goes forward. I'm not worried about the long-term implications of this loss on Marcus Freeman or on Notre Dame itself. A- ain't nothing wrong with losing to one of the big boys college football. Um, I think they get smacked. Like, I think this is ugly. I think by halftime, we are we are having conversations about different things in the booth. Let me put it that way. Um, so, yeah, gotcha. I'll take Ohio State as well. Yeah. The final game on our five-wide list, Tyler. Florida State is taking on LSU in New Orleans. Neutral site game. But, again, just like the Georgia game is neutral site in Atlanta, this is a de facto home game for LSU. This is taking place in New Orleans. It's a 7.30 Eastern kickoff on ABC Sunday night. So we have fun a Sunday night program. Um, this game is going to go head-to-head with uh, House of the Dragon, which we'll talk about last week's episode of House of the Dragon in a bit, Tyler. Um, but this is going to go head-to-head with it. So this may be like a secondary screen. I have a family event this weekend on Sunday. Um, it is my mother's 50th birthday party. And so I will be, Wow! congratulations. yes, yes, yes. The reason I'm in Virginia, the reason I do not have my microphone and I'm using Raul's Apple, uh, (laughs) headphones that have the microphone there. So I apologize if the quality is not as good as normal. Um, so I will be attending that, having a good time. So I'll keep an eye on this game on my phone, take a couple little, you know, peeks at it. With all that being said, Tyler, um, I get the first pick here. This is interesting. This might be one of the more interesting games of the weekend because Florida State is Florida State. Um, they 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 threw a block party because they beat uh, Duquesne last week. Congratulations. Um, if I have to see one more post on the ACC Network Instagram account about how they had 300-yard rushers last week, I might throw my phone into a lake because are we serious about this, guys? We're going to celebrate the fact that they finally had 100-yard rushers against Duquesne. They lost to Jacksonville State last year. Let's crawl before we walk. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. But on the other hand, LSU with Brian Kelly in his first game as head coach, um, it's it's interesting. They didn't have a good season last year. There's a lot of similarities between Florida and LSU right now in terms of brand-new coaches, underwhelming seasons, don't know what's going on, big, high-profile games to start the season. How do they respond? Uh, ultimately, I have LSU winning this game. But I'm, I don't know how it's going to go. I can see any situation. I can see LSU, um, you know, pooping their pants uh, to, not, <laughs> to not curse on the pod. Uh, I can see them, you know, not really showing up and getting blown out by a, by a you know, improved Florida State. Because I do think they are better this year. Um, I can see LSU dominating Florida State. I can see this being a close game. There's so many different scenarios that I can see this game being. But ultimately, I believe that LSU has the better roster. I believe that LSU has the better coach. Um, and I think the New Orleans factor is going to be a really big one here. I'll take the LSU Tigers. What about you, Tyler? I really wish that sometimes that we thought more differently. That way we could have more different opinions on these games and like different picks. But we don't um, because I think you're <laughs> right. Uh, I did think FSU's improved, but 
and even though I don't think LSU is going to be very good because I'm not a believer in Brian Kelly being a fit at LSU for reasons that have been discussed. Um, <laughs> that being said, I think LSU is in a better was in a LSU last year was in a better state than FSU, and I think like Brian Kelly like is not a bad coach necessarily. So like I don't think his team is going to get worse than it was last year. I just don't think it'll be much better. If that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, but I think LSU last year would have beaten Florida state. And I think LSU this year is going to beat Florida state. So I'm going to take LSU. Yeah. as well. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad that we're, we're in agree. Um, we are agreeing on that situation there. Um, okay. So that brings us to our two point conversion for this week. Tyler, you go first. Um, remember the rules are, you just can't pick one of the five wide games or the Gator game. Um, and then kind of like a you and I rule. It's not really a rule, but like we kind of have this honor code where we're not going to pick something like, oh, Alabama is going to beat Mercer this week. Like we all know that's going to happen. Like pick something fun, you know? And, you know, that's actually the one bad thing about week one is that most of these games are absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. And you really have to find a good angle for it, you know? This is the thing. I'm trying to find – I've got a couple of options, and I've been thinking about it for the last like 40 minutes. And um, – <laughs> I, I, no, that's too, okay, how about this? Um, I, here's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday game, 730 okay. Eastern, 430 my time. Not that it, anyone cares. Actually, I'm wrong. It's a, <laughs> uh, it's a uh, seven, it's 730 my time. I'm looking at the wrong thing. It is 1030 oh. uh, Eastern. So night game. I'm going to take the Oregon State Beavers to beat the Boise State Idaho, uh, the Boise State Broncos. The Boise State Idaho's? Is that what you're going to say? The Boise State Idaho's? <laughs> Boise State Idaho's. <laughs> okay. Their mascot right. is just the state that they're from. Um, <laughs> I will take the Beavers to beat the Broncos. Okay. That is acceptable. That is acceptable. I think that is, um, that is good. That game is at 1030 Eastern on ESPN. So that is a game that everyone can watch nationwide. I like that pick. I think that's an appropriate pick. Appropriate pick. I am going to stick um, with the Saturday games. I wanted to pick a Friday game because that's the that and Monday are the only days we don't really have represented. Uh, we were not going to pick Clemson Georgia Tech because that's the only Monday game. So uh, you could skip that one. Um, but Friday there are some cool games. I'm not going to pick any of these games, but I think there are some fun games. Western Michigan plays Michigan State on ESPN at seven. Um, you have Eastern Kentucky playing Eastern Michigan, Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, which people will be like, oh, Virginia Tech, that's an easy win. But uh, let me remind you that Old Dominion has beaten Virginia Tech twice in recent years. So sure. let's pop the brakes there. And Virginia Tech is having Brent Pry, brand-new head coach, former uh, Penn State coordinator. He has now taken over that job. So that's a game to watch. That's on ESPNU at 7. Uh, Illinois, Indiana looks like a fun one, uh, 8 o'clock on FS1. So those are some games that are taking place. Oh, TCU Colorado on Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern, ESPN. That seems like a fun one as well. So if you're looking for some Friday football, that's where you look at. But for Saturday, uh, I am looking here, and I am going to stick in that evening time time slot. Uh, I am going to go 8 o'clock Eastern, ACC Network, a conference game to start the season. Louisville is traveling to Syracuse to take on the Syracuse Orange and I will be taking Louisville to win that football game. So that will be my uh, two-point game this week. 
Louisville Ooh. over Syracuse is what I will be picking. Um, all right, Tyler. So to recap the five wide, we have West Virginia taking on Pittsburgh, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Thursday night. Uh, tonight when you're listening to this, most likely. Uh, I have West Virginia. Tyler has Pitt. The backyard brawl, one of my favorite rivalries in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the number 11th-ranked Oregon Ducks taking on the number 3-ranked Georgia Bulldogs in Atlanta, neutral site on Saturday, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. Both of us regretfully have Georgia in that game. Uh, we have the number 23-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats taking on our number 19-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. We both have uh, Sam Pittman and his boys uh, winning that football game. The number five ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish taking on the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes, 7.30 Eastern on ABC. We both have Ohio State in that game. And closing out five wide, FSU taking on LSU Sunday night in New Orleans, 7.30 Eastern on ABC. We both have Cool Tigers. Oh, we can't make that joke anymore. He's not there. Kind of sad, huh? Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. I don't know. Maybe, uh, we're not going to do it. Whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out as the season goes on. This is our week one, too, okay? We also need a tune-up game, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then for two-point, Tyler has Oregon State beating Boise State. That is Friday at 10.30 Eastern. Uh, I'm sorry, that is Saturday at 10.30 Eastern on ESPN. And I have Louisville taking on uh, beating Syracuse on the road. That is Saturday night on the ACC Network. At 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Tyler, that brings us to our closing segment. Uh, I put moment of the week here because that's typically what we did. But I think this fall, we just got to talk about House of the Dragon in this segment. I think this is what we put our shows Um, Okay, What we've been watching. Uh, What we've been watching. uh, And it's got to be House of the Dragon. What did you think of this week's episode? Uh, Okay. So what, what this week, let me just say. Everybody's wild in, in the Seven Kingdoms. Like, with, oh my god, it's insane. Look, look, I'm, I've gotten used to the weird stuff in the Game of Thrones, you know, world between the nobles mm-hmm. and whatnot. But this episode took it to a different level, and I'm at least <laughs> glad that everyone involved seemed extremely uncomfortable with it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Well, before before you go on, let me give a quick spoiler warning. If you have not seen the first two episodes of House of the Dragon, we love you. We will see you next week. That's what we will be talking about for the next five or six minutes. Um, you can see us next week. We will be recapping week one. We will be previewing week two, talking about how we thought about the Gator game, talking about national storylines. Um, you can find Tyler on Twitter at T underscore K underscore Williams. You can find me on Twitter at S-D-E-L-A-E-S. You can find my writing at GatorsWire.com. Tyler, anything else you want to plug before we before we go into the spoiler section? No, I'm very excited for uh, this upcoming weekend games. This is one of the best weekends of the year. Um, is the Labor Day kickoff. Um, it's just five straight days of nonstop football. Love it. Um, Love to see it. Love to see it. Um, all right. You have been warned. House of the Dragon, HBO, episodes one and two are on the board. And all of Game of Thrones, by the way, because the, the entirety of the series is on board here. <laughs> Continue, Tyler. Everyone is smiling in the seven seasons, seven kingdoms. They had a 12-year-old on a date with a 40-year-old man. What is this show? It's, it's. I can't get over it. You know, I had, I had a bit of a hard time, probably like the first season before I got over the fact that Cersei and Jamie were brother and sister. And then I got over it. 
I really don't Eric know how long it's going to... <laughs> That's the thing. I don't know how long it's going to take me to get over the fact that this man was legitimately considering having to marry a 12. I do like that the character of Viserys, right? Is his name King Viserys? Yeah, Viserys. I do like that Viserys was like, man, this is really messed up. I do really, I was, he was like, I don't know about this kind of thing. And the fact that the girl was like, my mother said you wouldn't have to bet me till I was 14. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. And then all of that sympathy for him, like actually watching him struggle through that went out the window at the end when he was like, so I'm not going to marry the 12 year old, but instead I'm going to marry the 15 year old who, by the way, is my daughter's best friend. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Oh my God. This man makes nothing but bad decisions. Um, Insane. Which, you know, it's compelling drama, but um, I do Mm -hmm. like how apparently the show, I think is going to do a bit of a time skip every episode. Um, Yeah. That's what this I read too. Where, like, I love Game of Thrones for what it is, and like, I I love the politics of this show because it's what I love about the, about the show. But I do like how this show is moving at a faster pace. Like, yes, in just two episodes, so much has happened, mm-hmm. and like, never felt needless or anything like that. Whereas, like, Game of Thrones is very much like everything that's happened in just the last two episodes could have taken a season of Game of Thrones. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And yeah, the entire first thing. season of Game of Thrones could have just been up to the point where um, King Varys named his daughter the heir. Like that could have been an entire season of Game of Thrones. And that was just the first episode. So, so I, I agree I, with you I, there. I'm enjoying the show. It's absolutely freaking wild to me. Um, mm-hmm. Again, again, the, the, the Jamie Cersei thing, you eventually learn to get over. And they also didn't shove mm-hmm. it in your face. Like, um, right, uh, right. I mean, except for the first episode, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This was this was tough. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was tough. And I also think uh, let's do a positive. I mean, the show was good, and those scenes were good. It were just tough to watch. What wasn't tough tough to watch was when they were on the bridge, and those dragons came up, and the way that that the dragon came from the fog. I was like, oh my god! Can I ask you a question? I don't know if you can answer this. And if you can't, I will, I will cut this out. If you feel like you can't say anything, the wall they used to film in some of your redacteds is the best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a sometimes employee of the Disney Corporation, which you said, so I feel it's fair game to say. Um, That's like half whatever the wall in LA, so it's not really a big spoiler. <laughs> um. The special effects thing. Um, it's like a big it's called the volume yeah the volume the volume technology yeah okay they were saying that they it looked like the volume is what they used to shoot that bridge scene and have the dragons come up kind of thing what is that like in person because i'm assuming they have to set something up in the background so right it depends i don't know what they used um but mm-hmm. on house of dragons yeah i don't know what they used but the people were i was reading I, that people actually, said that looks like the volume I would love to talk about this because we there's only a couple that exist in the world. And I'm lucky enough to work on work with at least two of them. Um, mm-hmm. And so typically it's like 200. The ones that my show uses is these 270 degree like domes with just mm-hmm. LED walls. So like you can't move it or anything like that. Um, but it's basically it's the art, the VFX artists that work on it. The brain bar people um, create a 3d space 
um, cause it's based off video game technology. Um, yeah. where, like a lot, a lot of times, like for a lot of video games, for cutscenes and whatnot, they get the actors, they put mocap suits on them and then they like put them in a 3d space and they like chart their stuff. So in this they instead, it's not just like paintings on the VFX, like led walls. Cause like when you're in, in the room, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, that's the landscape. I'm seeing what's going to be on screen. Like, um, that's you're cool. working with, you're working with a more finished product. Like a lot of the stuff we shoot on my show is very much like, okay, so we don't really need to do any VFX on this. We can just, we shot it. And like now the background's there. Uh, um, but the thing is like, it, you, it looks like it's just like, oh, they just make a vi digital painting, but it's actually what they do is they, they create a 3D space. And instead of um, putting the motion capture balls and things like that technology on the actors, they put it on the camera. So whenever the camera moves, you're seeing a, a rectangle um, that is what the camera can see. And in that rectangle, it's more high definition and things move and they shift from the perspective where the camera is in the space. Wow. So it's, okay. it's a very complicated technology, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a tool that can like some, some stuff has come out and using it isn't using it as well. Cause like the tough thing is that when you have really, it's great for TV on big screens, it can be tough because like, there is like a, there's the cutoff point if you look really hard mm -hmm. and also like the people who build the sets within the space have to build it well. Yeah. Like the bridge, if they used it for the bridge, that would have been great because the cutoff, like you have the bridge walls to like help you out with that. Um, but it's great. I love it. I think it's a really cool piece of technology, but like, I, I know that like for the Batman they used, they didn't have a full dome. They just had like a wall that they put to be in the background mm -hmm. of where they were shooting. Um, yeah. It, it's like it's a way like it is completely visual effects but it's a way it's almost the more practical version of a green screen like cool you build it beforehand and put it in it's like when actors are there they can actually see the background there they have something to work with like um mm -hmm. you would see the wow, that's cool because i read like a bunch of things where it was like those it... things every element in those things is like a moving element that they can shift and change like so like theoretically if the dragon's in the background they can pick the dragon up and move it like um Wow. Cause I read something where it was like, it looked, that looks like the volume. And I was like, what's the volume? And I looked it up and I was like, Hey, redacted. I, work, I, I, I know that I show. That I know lot. someone who works on redacted. Yeah. So it was, uh, it, it's really, it's a really fascinating piece of technology that I think is mm -hmm. only now making its dawn in regards to like movie going. Yeah. There's only like five or six of them in the world. Um, yeah. But I think there'll be more in the future. And like, I don't know. It's the thing is that like, the volume is great. There is the downside of it to me, it cannot beat green screen or blue screen. If those blue screen people are given enough time and money in a way, if that makes any sense, because like, um, it's a tool. And if you if you do the tool the right way, like a hammer is very useful. But if you're using a hammer the wrong way, it's not going to do its job. Like, um, yeah, so it's very much right. like that. It's a different version of the same thing. Like, Green screen, blue screen is great because you can like build something out of nothing. And if you have the time and money, it can be even more better than like the volume. But you got to be mm -hmm. able to spend that time and money. So I don't know. Um, but, but no, but that's and look, if they used it on the bridge, great. If they didn't, then it still looks incredible. That to me was the best. The, one of the best. That was the best visual was the best scenes. Scene. Yeah, it was incredible. It was so good. Um, it was so well done. I um, loved that scene. But, and, but yeah. I loved the scene in front of where there's just like, whose egg was it? And then they're like, oh, is the egg that you were going to give to your kid? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it went from it went from oh, Dave and Targaryen just kind of acting out to oh no no, he's doing this to spite uh, Viserys. Like now, it's time to go to go get it. And I, I love how. Uh, go ahead. No, no, I love how Rhaenyra came in and with the dragon was like, "Hey, uh, we have these dragons. Can we just you want to just pop over real quick? Like we can do this easily. Like you know." And that's exactly what happened. Damon respected her enough, and he was like, "All right, here's the egg back." Um, crazy. I love wow. that he just you, he just freaking like free throw like he pot he passed that thing like he was checking up. Um, yeah, he he looked he looked like he looked like a guy playing pickup basketball. It was just like all right, check here you go. <laughs> like no look pass. Like, what are you doing? The most realistic oh, thing man. that could have ever happened is he does that and she just, oh and just like dropped it. I'm glad that, <laughs> that isn't what happened, but part of me is no. kind of instead she put it in the crock pot that they had for her. So. Yeah, I mean, that does speak to something where I was just like, y'all have dragons. Like, why don't you use them? I know it's, I know the reason VFX and there's yes, a budget yes. and also drama, but like. Well, I, more on. than that, I think it's, it's, it's the, the whole thing of Viserys is talking all about how, hey, like these dragons, like we can't just play around with these dragons. They're like, in, in, in the first episode, he was talking I, about I how like the brave, like, she was like the brave men, the, the brave men, I think it was like something like. Uh, the brave men uh, battled the dragons and it was like, no, no, no. The brave men rode the dragons because like, that's how powerful those dragons are kind of thing. So of course it's like the story of the Targaryen. So like, we're going to see their downfall eventually. In the first episode, he was just like, they're a power that we should have never meddled with, but it's like, we're in it now. So like, yeah, um, exactly. It is what it is at this point. I'm really, I'm really enjoying the show and I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm also like one of my favorite little details I love is that like, cause I'm really loving Matt Smith's portrayal of Damon Terry Gary. And I don't know anything about the mm-hmm. backstory of, of this, these books. So like, I purposely am not watching. I'm, I'm not reading for that. Um, yep. But I really love his little thing where he's like, he'll talk mad crap about his brother, but he will not like take anyone else talking. That's such a brother thing. It's like, no, no, no. That's my person to make fun of. You don't get to make fun of that. Yeah, I, I love that, uh, personally. It's such a nice little character detail. All right, Tyler. I think that's it. Let's wrap this up. Uh, we will be back next week. We will be talking college football. We will, again, give a spoiler warning, and we'll see how episode three of House of the Dragon went. Um, but, yeah, that's it, Tyler. Uh, once again, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at uh, T underscore K underscore Williams. I'm also on Instagram in that same bit. Um, and you can where can they find you? They can find me also on Twitter at S-D-E-L-A-E-S. Same thing on Instagram. Same thing, all, all your socials. And you can find my writing at GatorsWire.com. Uh, Wednesdays, I, today, Wednesday recording, I put up a column all about Billy Napier and how even though, you know, this success will be, this season is a success even regardless of what happens on the field because of the infrastructure change and culture change that he's already implemented at Florida. Um you can uh, find my the napkin will go up on Friday morning. My weekly gambling picks. Uh, a couple of these games that we talked about on Five Wide might appear on that napkin, so keep an eye out for that. Um, and yeah, that's where you can find us. And you can find um, Sideline Judgment, this podcast, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Um, with all that being said, Tyler, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And it feels so good to say this when I know there's a game this Saturday. Because we're not biased, but go Gators. Go Gators. Ooh, I got chills. <laughs>